0: So I'm going to make this the last podcast. I was going to make more earlier, but I got really, really sick. I think I'm, I think my, I was burning up earlier. My my temperature went up to 104. I, th- I think it's because if I got sick from somebody at the supermarket, you know, I stay away from people. But you know what happens? People still don't follow what they're supposed to do. Stay six feet away from each other. No, they're like next to you. Then you have people sneezing. Even though you're wearing the mask, Which again I hate wearing the mask, but if it's for protection. I felt really, really tired. Last night I was chilly. This morning I was hot. Then I was cold. Then I was hot. Then I'm burning up. So hopefully I'll be able to go to sleep and be like at peace and stuff like that. Um So I wanted to talk to you about the relationship between me and my father. I'm watching fathers and daughters. I'm I'm seeing like the beautiful relationship between fathers and daughters and remembering the time when i was a child how my father would always make me laugh <laughs> or when he would feed me and i i was one of those little girls that was i just got full right away and he goes have one more like he would feed me soup so he had his own little words <laughs> like oh if you in, i i'll say it in english because in greek it's kind of hard to really like you wouldn't understand. So when I wouldn't finish the last sip of soup, like the last spoonful of soup, he says, if you don't take this one spoonful, I'm going to, but in a playful way. In other words, he said he would like not, I never got hit by my father. He would just, I don't know, he would try to make me laugh. He would try to make me, he was, I don't know, very funny, a comical man. I mean, funny. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Especially around the neighbors that, he, according to one of the neighbors, couldn't understand a word this guy said. I said, Dad, did you understand what this guy was saying? No. My father would pretend because he didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings because this guy would tell a story and I'd be like, I'd be lost halfway and he would laugh and I'm like, what? And I look over at my father and my father would be like, oh yeah, yeah, oh, 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 funny, funny, funny. As soon as the guy walked away, I'm like, did you really understand that? He goes, no. <laughs> I didn't know what he was talking about. I just went along with it. My father had a way of not hurting anybody's feelings. When someone would tell you a story and you couldn't understand what the story was about, it didn't make sense. But getting back to being a little girl, we would play games. He would take me to the park, push me on the swing. Uh, there used to be a candy store down at the end. He would get and candy back then was like five cents, like a nickel, a dime or one time we went to the movies together. Um, We spent a lot of time together. We would go for walks around the block or spend time out in the patio. You know, I I just, when I see the relationship between father and daughter, it really takes me back to the time that I was a little girl. You know, you think about having kids, right? So you want your daughter to have a close relationship with her father, starting from the time she's a little girl all the way up to teenager, right? Because that bond is a beautiful bond, father and daughter. Like mother and son, mother and son, beautiful bond. But we're just focusing on fathers and daughters. And I see movies with fathers portray like character playing a father with the, with the, you know, with the daughter. I think it's just such a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's such a beautiful, it just warms my heart. The way a little girl reacts when her father comes home, daddy, daddy, daddy. I always like that with my father. But I was also the little girl that didn't bother him for anything. I was polite. You know, I was the type that, you know how little kids, if they're out with their parents, can you buy me this? Can you buy me, no. Either I was too ashamed or I just felt that if I asked him, not that he would say no, because he was the type who had a very giving heart and he would give. You didn't even have to ask him. He would just go out and buy it. And I guess that's why I take after him in that sense. I won't turn away from you if you need help from me. I will not, whatever little I have, I will give it to you. Will I be, will I be upset? No, and I felt with my father, I didn't want to ask him. I was either too ashamed or I I just knew that he couldn't, he couldn't have, we were, we were on a, as a family, we were on a tight budget. Even though he had two jobs, and I remember when I was sick, he would cheer me up. Just my mom, just the same. close relationship with my father. He would just cheer me up and tell me a bedtime story or make up a story. <laughs> I had a habit of doing that, making up a story. It could be the most far-fetched story, but he'd still cheer me up. Even when I was, I remember I had an, I remember this clearly. I had a ear infection. I was, I was out of school for about... 40 days, just a long time, and I remember they took me to the doctor, they said, you have an ear infection, went to put the drops in my ear, oh my God, the pain was traumatic, I was like, oh my God, but my father would spend time with me, I'd be the luckiest little girl, I slept with my, my parents in the bedroom, let me sit sleep in their bed, watch TV, but anything I asked for they got it for me but sometimes I didn't have to ask my father my mother would surprise me she would make the favorite dishes she would cheer me up my father would spend time with me and we'd watch TV and all that stuff I got tired though It was like I was ready to go downstairs because all everybody was downstairs and I was stuck upstairs there's only so much that you can do but the pain that I had in my ear was traumatic and just putting the eardrops in my ear oh my god that was that was that was the worst feeling. Did I want to be sick? No. <laughs> Not that type of sick, no. I was ready to go back to school, but then they had classmates would come in and say, oh, we didn't forget about you. I'd have to make up the homework assignment from home. Um, my father was just a good man. The closest we had was very, very strong. and Even it lasted into teenage years teenage years, he saw how depressed and alone I was, and he made up for it. He goes, look, I don't want to see you alone. I don't want to see, I don't know why you don't have friends, a beautiful young woman like yourself. I don't know why. Um, he saw that I was miserable, and he would take away the pain of me being depressed. And um, he would, we would spend time, quality, quality daughter and, and father time. That's how close the relationship was. Um, again, I had no plans because nobody invited me to go out anywhere. I didn't have any friends. I kind of kept to myself. I don't know if it was from the shyness that prevented me from, you know. Because I wasn't really an outgoing person in school. I, was kinda, I kept to myself. I didn't really want to get too, too close. And The fact that I didn't really like anybody in the class, that was, that was also given. I tolerated certain people but not everybody. Um, but he knew that I was alone on Friday, Saturday. He'd make up for it. Hey, let's go for a drive. Or, or you know, he was big on going to the horse track. Anyway, again, my father was not a big gambler. He just, hey, let's go out, have some fun. And I went with him. At first, I felt uncomfortable. But I went with him because I didn't want to like ruin his day. Sometimes my mother would come with us. Other times it was just me and him. We spent that close quality father-daughter time. And I loved it. And even when I turned 21, this was two months before he passed. We had gone to Atlantic City on my 21st birthday, first time I was getting ready to go to the casino. But he, and even though he wasn't feeling well, he says, I'm not ruining my daughter's birthday. Let's go and have some fun. I said, are you sure, Dad? If you're tired, I'll understand. Because I was the type that I didn't want to see him get too tired. He goes, no, 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 let's let's go out and have fun. That's the way my father was. Even though he was sick, he didn't, he, he put us first before him. And I admired him, but at the same time I felt guilty. I was like, no, 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 come on. And we went to the casino for the first time. Didn't really spend that much time there, but I, you know, cause I understood how, how tired he was from the chemotherapy and that he was just really tired. And, but he didn't want to ruin my day. That's the type of father he was. And I miss him so much just to think that so many years have passed and I still think about him. I think about him a lot. I think about all the times that we were together all the times he was there for me and in my darkest hour. And then when it was just the three of us, I'd gone upstairs to my mom and dad's room. I was saying, I was 19 years old and I said, dad, mom, I don't wanna live here. I'm not happy. She goes, he goes, what did you say? You said you wanna take your life? I'm not happy. Like why, you're 19 years old. You've got plenty of time. I told him the reason why I was depressed I didn't have any friends, I didn't go out anywhere. I kept to myself, and I know he saw that. He saw the pain that I was suffering, he know, but he was always trying to make up for it, and I just felt like, I feel guilty, Dad, I'm sorry. He's like, why? I'm like, I don't know. I just, I felt like I was, burdening them. You know, isn't that bizarre that I was a huge burden to my mother and father? Because when they found out they were having a third baby, again, I was not a planned baby. I was an accident. But my mother and father said, no, you are a blessing, a surprise. Let me ask you something. Do you think that even after we heard that you know, we were going to have another baby, That we would have given you away? Is that what you think? At the time, I thought they couldn't afford to have three children. The two was enough. But they didn't give me up. They kept me, thank God. Because <laughs> I don't know if I would have been if they hadn't. I would have been raised by another family. And I think my life would have taken a different turn. I don't know if they... I always thought that I was the cause of everything they were going through. And I'm like, well, why did you do that? Why why would you say something like that? Don't ever say that again. We love you. We didn't give you up. We gave you a good life. You're happy, aren't you? And at the time at 19, I don't know what possessed me to say that. At the time I thought, I don't think I'm ever gonna be happy. And he goes, no, don't ever say that. You will be happy. You will. Good things will happen for you. My father made the statement of, "Oh, you'll always be around, and and, and I'll be there, and I'll be I'll be seeing you, watching you grow and become a beautiful woman, and be a success in life, and one day you'll get married and you'll have kids, and I'll be a grandfather." And he was telling everybody in the neighborhood. And we would go for walks. This is my youngest daughter. I'm going to throw her a big wedding. That's what my father said. Never happened. I said he would embarrass me by saying like, "said Dad, that's okay. I don't mind having something small." He goes, "No, no, no." He would say, "I would invite everybody, immediate family, and all the people that are on this block." Embarrassed me a little bit, but I'm like, but it never happened. The only wedding he ever got to see and walk down the aisle was my older sister, and I told her, "I said you're lucky. Dad was with you on your wedding day. Mom was with with Chris on her wedding day. I have nobody." I have neither parents. Is that fair? That I always thought that both of my parents would be around for a long time, and it just hurt. It hurt to have your parents not there to watch you. I mean, my mother, again, outlived my father. She made it to senior citizen, and we went through our trials and ups and downs, and tribulations. And she was also the, the one person that would keep me sane. That would try to take my mind off of the pain that I was going through being alone I said mom at least I have you I have you to take care of you to be around when I feel down you to once in a while we go for a drive and most of the times we went to the cemetery on the weekends because it brought her closer to my father but I, I always thought that that wasn't healthy but I accommodated her and we went I didn't really have much to do on the weekends. I was like, we we would actually play cards. Me and my mother would play cards. <laughs> and she would beat me at cards, too. Or sometimes I'd joke around, and you cheated. You did cheaty, cheaty. <laughs> we played many different games. Gin Rummy. There was a game called Cortina, which is like blackjack. You had to get to 21. But it wasn't blackjack, but it was similar to blackjack, where you had to... You had to get 21 through different suits of the cards if you have certain types of suits, like the kings and the hearts and all that stuff. Then we played a game called Seri, which is, it's almost like goldfish. So it's it's like, you take the cards and you go, it's almost like, I declare war. And whoever had the highest card would, you know. And then the other one was uh, Gatarari. Gatarari was, it's a game like, uh, almost like if you have, like a matching game like if you have a say someone has a pair of sixes okay I take the sixes or or whatever it is whatever numbers you had that's matching and whoever gets all of the cards wins it was like a fun game to play but we also played gin rummy we either played it with seven cards or sometimes we played it with ten cards just to make it fun she was always good at that though and I miss that. It was like a Saturday night thing or a Saturday afternoon. We just played cards. You know, I didn't want to spend too much time because I thought, you know, she got uncomfortable just because she used to lean back on a recliner and we'd play our little game, and it was fun. It was something to do. But um, and I miss those times. I miss her. Sometimes I'd crawl into her room, and sleep next to her, because I was a big baby. I was afraid of the thunderstorms at night, and they were very loud. They were like cannon type, almost like an explosion type. She was like she knew it was me. She goes, Oh, she goes, She's coming into the room. Big a, a big woman like yourself or a young woman like yourself afraid. I said, I've been I was afraid since fifth grade the first time I had a thunderstorm. See in the daytime it doesn't matter, but nighttime is scary with the lightning and thunder. I wasn't really a big fan of that. But um i miss my mother my mother after my father passed away my mother was close i was close with her but but the relationship wasn't it was different and a lot of people say but you loved your mother oh i loved my mother but i don't know why my the relationship between my mother and father were different and it's very hard to explain um like i said me and my father were very close and then when he passed, it was hard for me to accept. I, like I said, denied his death for three years. I was looking for him, basically. I was trying to find him, which I know doesn't make sense. And I think that if, if you ever lose someone in your lifetime, you'll understand. You do lose a sense of identity. It's not, it's not forever like you're going to lose your identity completely. But you say to yourself, I'm no longer his daughter. I don't have a father. And the same thing with my mother. I don't have a mother. They're not my parents anymore, they're gone. You know, when you think about all the times that you grew up and you had your parents, they were your best teachers, they taught you everything right from wrong, how to be compassionate towards others, how to be giving, how to be nice, how to say please and thank you. I mean, they taught me everything. I, I had, again, a better education from them than I did in school because school, I really didn't learn anything. And what did I apply? in school what did i learn in school that i can apply to the real world nothing because again i think education again is overrated i think more of your experiences and the things that you do in life are in life that's how you experience life by living life basically if you say to me yeah i had a better education when i was in school but what did you learn though can you take the subjects that you learned and apply them in the real world no I mean, think about this. What were all the subjects you were taught in school? Science, English, math, history. And then you had some other classes that were not even... They were not even subjects. They were just, you know, art, music, gym. I mean, think about that. What what did you learn by going to school that you could take the subjects you learned in school and apply to the real world? Half of the things you learn, you don't apply to the real world. Now, unless you took... Four years of like all of the the maths, like ge- geometry and algebra, and trigonometry and calculus, and then you took all the the different subjects in science. You took biology and chemistry and physics. Unless you're becoming a scientist, yeah, you would apply that to the real world. Or if you were an engineer, you would do all the mathematics. But nine times out of ten, the things that you learn in school, you do know, don't apply them in the real world. I'm sorry to say it. That's why I said the education that I got from my parents was better. They were the best teachers that I had in everything. They taught us about life. They taught us about people. They taught us about so many different things. Do they teach you that in school? No. Not that I can remember, unless now that it's changed, because every generation is different, every decade is different. The same thing with college. Do we really need a college education? Do we really need a college degree? Because you think, so what? You have a college degree. doesn't mean you're going to get that dream job. I mean, I've known people who are like me, who don't have a college degree and yet are super smart. All the information I've retained up here, that's why I always say to myself, why is it hard for me to go out there and establish a, a job with a company, but they say, oh, did you, what, you went to college. I did go to college. I didn't, I didn't finish though. And the reason was my father got sick. I could have easily stayed on, but I didn't. And after he passed, I found a job. It was, but I think it was in October when I had my first job, first real job at 21. It was difficult. I was going to go back to school, and I thought, nah, what am I going to learn in school that I'm going to apply to the real world? Nothing. So I figured, well, I'll just work and work, and I was procrastinating, I so I was going to go back to school and get a degree of some sort. That never happened. See, so you have to understand something. Again, how you learn about life, you experience life. Because, again, life is like a giant classroom. We're all at different grades. We're all at different levels. You know, some of us can grasp things pretty quickly, and some of us can't. You know, I went to school with with this one kid who got left back three or four times. He was supposed to have graduated with us, but he got left back. Now, does that mean he's stupid? No, he might have had a learning disability. Think about that. Not everybody is, quote, a straight-A student. Not everybody can grasp at certain subjects. Like, I thought I was good at science. Science and English were my two subjects that I liked. I didn't like math. History was okay, you know. Um, and then the other subjects, I couldn't care less, you know. Um, and then when you get into high school, you think, oh, every grade, when you get to certain grades, it gets harder. Yes and no. It depends on what you mean by hard. Like, for, for math, the only math I ever liked was algebra. I hated. Word problems—I thought they were stupid and didn't make sense. I didn't like trigonometry. I didn't like geometry. I didn't like calculus. Say something. Calculus was always paired with physics. And then for science, I liked biology and chemistry. But biology—I didn't like the dissection part. We had to dissect animals. That was like in seventh, eighth grade. We had to do—I remember dissection of earthworm, earthworm, grasshopper, and frog. I'm like, ugh. right before lunch. That was something I didn't like. It was disgusting if you ask me. I don't even know what was the purpose of that. What was the purpose? Am I going to apply that to the real world? Unless I'm going to do something with animals, yes, but no. I'd never, never the subjects that I learned in school ever applied them to the real world. So again, education is overrated and nowadays again every decade now everybody cheats and uses calculators and computers and laptops and you could bring a cell phone what's the purpose of that too i don't remember you know back in the day when we had to solve a math problem we had to physically do it longhand if you used a calculator that was called cheating if you use that on a test that's called cheating now they allow you to use calculators they think that is a form of cheating how are they expected to learn if you're going to use everything with electronics I mean seriously. But getting back to the relationship with um, my father again, it's a beautiful thing, father-daughter relationship, and I'm hoping that when I have a daughter, she's close with her daddy. I told my hubby, I said, I'm telling you, the dream that we had, we had a girl every time. Or well, the first time anyway. The First child was a girl. Because again. I like to see that father-daughter bond, and I think that's a beautiful thing to witness. You know, little girls get so excited with their daddies. Oh, look, daddy's home, I'm daddy's princess, you know. And and then little boys too, and I was like, when my when my nephew was born, you know, and, and he would spend his time here, because my sister would drop him off, and it would be me, me and my mother would take turns. It was interesting just watching him. He was so amazed and asking questions and amused, and make him laugh, and it was just so funny. And then when the girls were born, boy, one of them had the terrible twos going on there with the temper tantrums. And I'm like, ugh. One would. My, my middle niece, I said to you always cried. Whenever we'd drop you off to spend time here, you were like the homebody. I think you take after me in that sense. I think I do. I think you take after me in that sense. Um, that you. Um, that you. Um, what do you call it? you would cry because it's a segment with me when I would had to spend time with my aunt and uncle in Queens. I didn't want to. I was like, why can't I stay with y'all? Oh, it's just for one week. I didn't really enjoy it. <laughs> I went, but I didn't like it. I was so happy to be home. I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you. I, again, I was like a daddy's girl, daddy's girl and mom. I just didn't want to be separated from my parents, but my aunt was always pressuring me. When are you going to come over to the house? When are you? It was like for one for one week in the summer. I never liked going. And I think when I looked at my niece, my, my goddaughter, I said, you didn't like it either. But the other one, the youngest niece, yeah, she was happy to be away from her parents. See how the personality changed. So then you say to yourself, well, when I have kids and they want to spend time with the grandparents. Hopefully they will. it will be quality time for me and my happy home. Because sometimes you do need a break, you know. I mean, it's good to have children. It's, it's. I like to think that with children, they're so amazed at everything that you show them. You tell them a story or you make them laugh. Oh, believe me, I made my nieces and nephew laugh. I would copy off the things I see on TV and just make them laugh. They were like amused at that. But I'm um, I think about the relationship with my father and it was just, again, crushed. The bond was severely broken when he passed. Uh, Again, it was hard for me to accept. And then years after that, when my mother, when it was me and my mother and I got closer to her, I always said to her mom, what if something happens to you? How am I gonna go on? She goes, you have to go on. Look, she goes, listen to me. Think of it this way. If you remove yourself from this earth, after I'm gone, what is that going to do for you? Are you going to be happy? No. You're going to take yourself out of this earth. You know, you could become something great. You could invent something. You could be successful. Don't you want to get you know married one day and have children? I want that for you. So if you remove yourself from this earth, you're not going to have a chance to do all of that. You have to go on. I said, but mom, it's really tough being without you. See, I looked at my mother, and when I looked at the pictures, she would try to dress me and her alike. (laughs) And we spent so much time together. We had our ups and downs and arguments, because I always thought that she was being so overprotective of me. But I think because she was overprotective of me, she loved me that much. Now think of how many parents you know, are overprotective of their children. Some parents don't even pay attention to their children. And that's how they go missing. My mother was a big believer that you have to keep your children close. And she did that with all three of us, she did that. She didn't let anyone come near us. Don't talk to strangers. I mean, that's that's important because you just don't know who's out there. If you think in today's decade or today's world actually, how many kids go missing and, and they never get found. And when I was growing up, there was a, a seven year old boy that now I think I blame the parents on this but they claim that well he they lived in the city and they let him go by himself to the school. The school was a couple of blocks away but he was abducted and his face was on this on the milk cartons and they're trying to solve this mystery even many years later there's like is he alive? I don't know I think he's gone. I don't think he survived that. Where is he? And It was somebody that they knew. This guy was um well, he was a pedophile for one, a child molester. But the idea that you're letting your kid go off to school by himself without you. And at that age, you're like, anybody can grab him off the street. So my mother, with my sisters when they were younger, she would hold them by the hands, take them to school, pick them up. They would Just because when they lived in the city, the school was not that far away from where they lived. The same thing with me. Uh, well, actually, no. My father my father drove me to school from first through fourth grade. I was lucky enough to be chauffeured by my father because <laughs> he would be on his way to work and he would drop me off. But then when it was time for me to come home, I would take the bus. Seventh and eighth grade, he drove me to school, but then I had to take the bus going home. And then from high school, I took the bus and then I came home with the bus. So after a while, it was like, he couldn't do it anymore. It would have been that, but I thought, well, you know, that's nice. And I had to to spend that quality time with my daddy before he went off to work. So yeah, I was privileged in that sense because he was on his way. It was not like he couldn't do it, you know. Um, And I cherish the moments that we spent that time, quality time together. Then I go back to my child and think of all the things that he's done for me, all the stories, everything that he's done for me. It was just, I just, I want to replicate that. And I have a daughter of my own. And hoping that that quality time will be bonded. She'll be bonded with her father. You know, she'll have that closeness that I have with my father. If I could show you pictures of me and my father, you wouldn't understand why we had that close bond. But then years later, like I said, it took me a long time, a really long, 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 long time to get over his death. And again, I denied it for so long. And when I talk about my father, even to this day, I wish I had kept a recording of his voice. I have pictures of him, but it's not the same thing. I forgot what he sounds like. And I remember every Father's Day, I would pick out the cologne and I'd save the bottle. The empty bottle with his fragrance on it, and it would be on his clothes. And he'd be like, oh my God, will I ever get through this? Will I ever get? Will I ever even survive without him? Oh, It was very difficult. Then I became close with my mother again, and I always thought, even even though she made it to 88, I thought she would not have gotten sick. She would have continued on into her 90s. And would have seen me happy. And when I think of that, I cry because she's not here anymore. And I had made a premonition. I said, "Mom, I know exactly what's going to happen. I'm going to be alone. It's going to happen." She goes, "How do you know this?" Because when I predicted two years before my father, I had that same dream, and he died. But I did not know what he died for. Years before. Tell me if that's a coincidence or not. That's why people used to say to me, Are you a psychic? I don't know, maybe. But I used to predict what, who would be on the phone, who would be at the door. You know, I don't know. Maybe I was psychic. Maybe I'm part psychic. I don't know. But I just miss my mother. My mother, she said to me, and I'm gonna repeat this for everybody out there because when you lose a parent again, you lose your sense of identity. It's only temporary though. But for the longest time, I had a hard time letting anybody into my heart. Letting anybody into my heart. She said to me, listen to me. I want you to remember this and keep this, keep this right up here. You will always be in a part of me even when I'm not around anymore. You always have me in your heart. At some point, you need to open up your heart and let someone in. I know you don't want to get hurt. I understand that completely, but you've got to open up your heart. It's okay for you to love somebody. It's okay for you to do that. You are not going to dishonor me by sharing with me the person that you're going to open up your heart to. That's what she said there's always room for someone to come into your life and to take care of you. And I want that for you. I want that for you. I don't want to see your heart get broken. I don't want to see you cry. I don't want to see anybody upset you. That's my mother for you. She'd never liked any of the three men because she knew that they were going to hurt me. She was right. I should have listened to her. And all the times I didn't listen to her, I fought her on it. When I look back on that, I'm like, I shouldn't have made those mistakes. Why did I? But now I told her, in my dreams, I told her, I said, I have a better man. This is the final man. And he cares about me. He worries about me like you. He says his prayers for me. He loves me very much. And we plan on having a life together. And he says, well, then the sooner that happens, the better for you, because I do not want to see you cry. You know what she's doing right now? she sees me by myself crying. I cannot take the tears. I try not to think about it. I try to be positive. I try to like, you know, God is watching over you. And will make sure you will get everything that you deserve with all the happiness, all the love, everything that you deserve. You will get that and more, but you need to believe. And when that time comes and I see you with him, Her heart and her soul will mend. That's what she told me. So I plan on keeping my promise. I plan on keeping my promise to her. So I'm going to let you guys go because I'm not feeling well. I need to go upstairs. I need to lay down because my head is pounding. And I need to just rest because this took me for a loop. I'm really, really tired. So again, open your heart up to love. Let it in. You're not replacing the person that was once in your life. They're still going to be a part of you. But you're allowed to love again. Open yourself up to that. Don't shy away from it because love is a beautiful emotion. I think everybody should have it in their lifetime. So I'm going to say God bless all of you. Stay strong. Stay positive. Take care.